where's my folder full of promos gone? Uh, I need to surround my stuff with L5R so that, you know, I have all this inspiration to draw from. <laughs> listening tonight I got a feeling that the cards just ain't right I'm so salty must not give in to rage and I'm wondering what those rollers will say scarves to the left of me cheers to the right here I am gonna roll a derby tonight gonna roll a derby tonight gonna roll a derby tonight I guess we're back. We're back after how many weeks? Four all weeks? Time. Life has yeah. been happening. I've been all over the state, all over the place here, broom and fucking down south. And yeah, you went to like time. a cabin in the woods with the lads. How was that? It was good. That's how I think it was like year six. We've done that now. Yeah, year six, year eight. Started as one of the guys like um, Bucks Night, like his bachelor party. We went down there and it was a nerd version of bachelor party. So we just got... It does... <laughs> It does sound a bit like that. Board great. games in the woods. Was it like was, adult board games? It better have been adult board games. Um, no, in, not in a sexy way, but in like <laughs> a, in like a, we were pretty fucking hammered. Like we weren't there to fuck spiders. We were there to fucking get drunk and play shitty nerd games. So it was good. It was good times. Um, yeah, Mark was down there as well. He had a good run. It was your second round, I think, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was pretty good. Yeah. So no, it was good. It's a good good weekend you go down there on a friday everyone hits a brewery on the way down and that's like the starter <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you is that like that's the pub crawl at the start is it like you drive a couple k's uh have a schooner drive a couple more k's then you hit a kangaroo <laughs> yeah no, it's more like you drive oh 100 k's go to the brewery then you drive another 150 k's and you get there so it's yeah like, it's, it's not a trivial drive but um, speaking of Speaking of hitting a kangaroo, when I came back to Hong Kong from Australia after the Kote, I brought like, you know, at the airport, you can get like emu jerky and crocodile jerky and kangaroo jerky and that type of stuff. Yep. I brought that back for my colleagues here and uh, and gave it to them because every year it's kind of a tradition that when you go away, you have to bring back a gift for the people that didn't get to go away. Eat my uh, name fauna. That's right. Yeah. They were pretty horrified. It was hilarious. <laughs> Mate, kangaroo's actually not bad. Emu's kangaroo's pretty good, yeah. Crocodile's weird. Tastes like, I don't know, rubbery chicken. I don't know. The yeah. smell of kangaroo and the fact that they try to hit my car occasionally. I'm, I'm not, I not a fan. I point out that you probably, oh. you probably eat a lot of cows and they don't smell that great either. And and that if you were to hit your car with them, your car comes a lot off, off a lot worse than it does a roo. It's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know, you can get like, I mean, you guys know, right? But for the listeners, they probably don't know that you can get kangaroo steak in Australia. Yeah, like you can. It from, can, from it's, supermarket. It's like in garlic, It's completely garlic. normal. Yeah, like garlic and herb sauce and stuff. It's really good. Yeah, I think I took. I think I took a similar thing to Worlds one year. Mel Palmer wanted to do like Mel versus food, and it was like stuff that she hadn't tried before. And uh, yeah, she was similarly horrified when she uh, had to try kangaroo and crocodile jerky. <laughs> hmm. No, kangaroo's fine. Like it's just, I mean, it's not super. I, I, I think it's, 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 it's a bit, it's a bit standard. gamey. It's very strong taste. Mm. It is, but that's why you destroy it with garlic. <laughs> like beat the shit out of it. Garlic, with garlic jerky. 
anyway, that's that's it for the Hidden City Rollers chef segment. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't cook it, you know, but we just bought it. Anyway. So um I think the plan is this time, because we've been off the air for quite a while, uh, we're gonna do a double segment, right? Like a double episode. Yeah, I think we'll knock it out today and then do one tomorrow with our Lord and Master the Khan of Cairns. The Khan of Cairns. Yeah, it's a Khan of Cairns. Yeah. Khan of Canberra? Canberra. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's pushing it a little, I think. Yeah, yeah so we're going to do, uh, we're going to get Paul on the uh, cast tomorrow and we'll talk about the Australian Cote and how he managed to navigate through and not hit any of his bad matchups and absolutely destroy all of his opponents and become the first ever in the new LCG uh, L5R uh, Unicorn Cote winner. Ooh. That's it. Nobody else is going to be able to claim that. Good stuff. Oh, we've, also got, we've got Mark on the cast by the way should introduce oh, him to the, that, the the discord handle stay moist <laughs> um, yes that's, hello that's a del- that's <laughs> uh mark, mark? You well, who are you on jigoku mark Presumably. i'm cardinet on jigoku oh that's right yeah yeah cardinet on jigs so you would have played him on there he um has been around he hit kote plays lots of games and he's a staple wa player Yep, and I did manage to lose in two turns to the Khan of Khans, which is a good time. That's all right. You lost. It's pretty two. good. What were you playing? Lion, right? I was playing Lion. I flipped. Yeah. Um, I mulliganed away Ujiaki, and then I flipped him three times in the first two turns and died to Paul. It was fun. I hear. Yeah, I hear Ujiaki's pretty good against Unicorn. Yeah, especially in the first turn. It's great. All right, well, this episode, uh, we're going to uh, talk about the new roles because that is clearly the new hotness right now. And since we are in the right time zone, we get to talk about it first before anybody else. So I'll edit this episode and see if I can get up tonight so that everybody can wake up in the morning to a new episode. Exciting. Uh, In in and around this discussion, we also had, like, we called out for listener questions and things like that. So I'm going to do a quick plug. If you haven't sort of liked our Facebook page, it's pretty much the only thing we have. We don't have Twitters and we don't have Facebook groups or Reddit groups or whatever. Uh, But that is where we put up most of our posts about episodes and stuff. So go like the page. And if you want to ask a question, the latest post, you can put up a question. We'll talk about it maybe tomorrow. We also don't have a Patreon, but if you want to just direct Devin. If you want to just give us some money, that's fine. If you want to just throw me money because that's great. I'm on board. I mean, you know, usually I have to swing around a pole to get that kind of action, but Mm -hmm. it's all good. But yeah, so questions. There was a question I think we were going to tackle tonight, yeah? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think when we do the questions, we should just work them into the conversation because they're kind of they're kind of broad topics, all right? So we can just uh, have a discussion around them. But uh, from from the local group, uh, Clinton's asked, uh, is it possible to have uh, constructive criticism without getting on a soapbox of pointless rants? Uh, so I think this has kind of come off the back of, you know, Gen Con. And all the, you know, the the twenty five percent of the field was Phoenix, and of the Phoenix, like three quarters of the Phoenix players were playing uh, what I'm calling Firequackers, <laughs> commonly known as Echo Bird, <laughs> Dredge Bird, <laughs> Dredge Bird. Yep. Yeah. No. Um. So the short answer is, in regards to that deck, the Dredge Bird, 
can you have constructive criticism? I mean, no, is the answer, because it's awful, and it's it, it doesn't feel very excusable. Like, it's... the. I think everybody gets suitably outraged to those sort of things. Like when something's just busted and shit, there's there's no constructive criticism to be given, right? Like what, what can you say that's constructive? Nothing, because you can't do anything. You just go, well, this bird deck is garbage and it's crap and it's dominating. Yeah, but surely, surely you can actually have, you, surely you can give feedback about what I should do about the deck. After the main event, uh, we were having a conversation similar to that in our hotel room at Gen Con, and one of the guys there was like, "Well, I'm playing crab. What do I what do I do against the deck?" And we played a game, and we just talked through all of the you know decision points that were being made, and you know thing, the usual things would come up. You got to pressure the opponent's hand. You got to pressure the opponent's economy. Things like that. Surely, there's constructive criticism we had. Is there though? Because because what you've just described though are things you do every game for every deck. Like you, yeah. if, if you if you have the tools to pressure your opponent's hand and you do that anyway, the problem with that Dredgebird deck is that it has the tools to deal with all of that. Because if you pressure the hand, that's fine. But they're just recurring it with Ki, right? With Cutenisola, they're just bringing sure. it back anyway. If you're milling the top of their deck, you're probably just helping them. If you're grinding those things away because you're finding those cards for them, but there's not really like I, I can't. Other than it's just a bad combination that shouldn't really happen. There's too much. There's Does it mean you can't? To be said. Maybe before I I respond, what do you think, Mark? Well, clearly the deck's broken. Um, broken decks are, are not new though; that they happen. Um, I think the the real question is about the conversation around it and how to go about talking about it um i think in the wake of gen con things got a little ridiculous uh on the forums people got a, a little bit carried away um, i've i've been monster died by the deck a few times and um there's some problems but i think we should also probably calm down and be a little bit more um rational about how we talk about it uh, okay, uh, we should have been more clear at the start, though. That kind of measured and common sense response to things isn't welcome on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> this is this, this is a seedy of pants fucking trial by fire bunch of bullshit. So. Oh, oh, have, oh, look, okay. Um, well, well, if you want me to soapbox, it's, it's okay, let, let me help. Uh, and me? the way that it's it's broke, the way that they're proposing balancing it, from what I can tell, is by roll locking it, and that's that's a joke. <laughs> what about no hound i can help what did you not try to play the bird deck the dredge bird yourself for a bit and before you even started playing you got yelled at and like yeah i i've played it <laughs> i have played it exactly once and i completely walked over my opponent who was a very angry lion player who had some um choice things to say to me about what kind of person i was for playing that deck <laughs> mm -hmm. fantastic all right. Okay. So I'm going to take an unpopular, unpopular opinion. Um, I don't know that we've actually had enough time with the deck to actually uh, decide or actually come up with uh, whether it's uh, imbalanced or, or how you're going to deal with it and things like that. And I'm going to give you guys some examples, or I'm going to give you guys some some uh, sound bites to chew on. So uh, before the Sydney Cote, uh, Conan, my nemesis. And I were talking about uh, this deck 
And actually, before, just, just as an aside, we were talking about it on this podcast and how amazingly good this deck feels to play and pilot and all this type of thing, right? We might have been the only podcast to do that. Comment if you disagree. Um, yeah, we're talking about it. And we were kind of talking about how crab do basically the same thing, right? They they uh, get their Borderlands Defender or something like that, and then they play Reprieves on it. They play Vanguard Warriors on it. They play um, Iron Mines on it and things like that. They they do this. They have the same game plan, which is getting insane amounts of value. Crab and Phoenix are tied, I think, for for Kote wins in this season. Nobody else is. I mean, nobody else is tied. Nobody else is. Uh, they they both kind of do the same thing in my mind. Yeah. What do you think? Well, keeping expensive guys around for free turns out to be pretty or, good. Well, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's like, it just doesn't feel as cheaty, right? It doesn't feel as, you know, it, it, when your opponent, when you keep bringing back like five cost guys, it feels like you're cheating. But if you keep a, keep a five cost guy around that you've already paid for, that doesn't feel like cheating for some reason. Um, that's no, my, that's but, my, but, but there's an investment, right? There's, there's a very big difference between I'm building an enormous tower that I've paid for. And now mm. I'm just keeping that wall up and I just pay two fate and I've got a giant monster. And when the giant monster goes away this turn, I get a free extra giant monster and I can pick out of this array of six or seven I have in my discard pile, mm -hmm. right? Like, and, and mm -hmm. choose what I need right now. Like, it's a very, very different thing. And the... Oh, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think you've actually illustrated that it's actually a really different thing. Because in one case, you're... So in one case, you're paying two fate three fate, something like that, to buy like a Fuchicho from the bin or charge it in or something like that. And then it goes away and it brings another one in. You've still got X amount of value for Y amount of investments, which is the same in, in my mind. You bring a, you know, Hita Kasada out and you keep him around for a zero fate investment from an iron mine, a zero fate investment again from a reprieve to get the iron mine back or one fate investment for a reprieve or a two fate investment for vanguard warrior you know it just it just it's the same thing i feel like with no. the crab deck you had to work to maintain your board state whereas with the phoenix deck you just threw a bunch of cards down and suddenly you had a bunch of really powerful five drops on the table for nothing yeah man dredgebird just the investment you put out for dredgebird is insignificant compared to what crab have to lay out Crab have to build turn by turn. After like two turns, they've got a big guy. And at the end of like turn two and then onwards, they can do that maintenance, right? Because they only have one or two fake. No, man. They don't, they don't do a lot. I think but, they're doing it from at least two, turn two onwards, which is about when I think Firequackers is doing it. I'm going to keep that meme up, by the way, through this whole podcast. Fine. Firequackers? <laughs> Firequackers. <laughs> But um no, so I, I think the fate investment is way, way different. And also the consistency of it. Like you can like crab feels stoppable. Like you can stop yeah, yeah. stuff. Like the guys yeah. are limited. Whereas yeah. the dirty bird is just fucking they they drop the bird on the table because it's in the discard if they got Satoshi, or they can just play it turn one. It doesn't really matter. Because you once you get it off the table, it just comes back again. Yeah, yeah. So I agree, crab is stoppable. Without but I think stop crab is I think crab is stoppable because we've had a decent amount of time to figure it out, 
Um, whereas this this has been around for like a month. We haven't really figured well, it out. My, my experience with Dredgebird as well, that one game where um, I copped a bit of abuse, I actually didn't play Forebearers Echoes or Charge or Fushiko. Um, I just oh, there I, you go. I just Maya Satoshi um, got my uh, the holding. Mm. Phoenix player can tell me what that holding's called. You know the one. No, I don't. I don't. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Karate. And Karate. yes. Yeah, Kanjo. Um, and then just one from there. It was yeah. very easy, and the deck didn't even fire. Yeah. And it's it seemed so, like cheating. It really did. A Kanjo district does always feel like cheating. Um, and don't get me wrong, I I don't I don't disagree that you know things about the deck should shouldn't be fixed. Um, if that ends up happening, uh, I think based on data, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, the thing is that I think we do have a gigantic overreaction to how the deck actually plays. I don't think any other deck has really brought that type of archetype to bear, and I think it's just a knee-jerk reaction from a community. If nothing happened to fix the deck, I reckon uh, players... I reckon the meta would settle and players would introduce things in order to deal with the deck. Uh, I've been playing it for a couple of months before Gen Con, felt great. At Gen Con, didn't, I didn't play uh, as well as you know I, I should have, could have, whatever. Uh, and I didn't go so far with the deck. Lots of people did, but I kind of feel like that is probably as a result of it being new and uh, people not knowing how to deal with it. I mean, they I think are he added tools, six months but... in. Okay, so I'll qualify all this by saying I, I don't mind playing against that deck. Like, yeah. I think it's fine and fun, right? And it's it's okay, but it is stronger than other things. And I don't I don't agree <clears throat> that the amount of um, carry on about that deck is necessarily unwarranted because i think it is another level i think it is decidedly tier zero as opposed to other stuff the last time anyone complained this hard about any deck was when dragon were at their apex and they were not as strong as that it's just you don't you, you don't think that dragon seeker of fire deck from back in the day was as strong as this no, that was no, that was I, I don't at all that province you row where you didn't want to attack yeah, yeah but I, honestly i don't like because you just went, oh yeah, and that's fine. You just scouted a bit or whatever, but you have to do that with every deck. Like what you're talking about, Merlin, with oh, find a solution to the dredge bird is all well and good, but if you have to sit there and think about that specific deck every time you're building another deck because you're going to play against it competitively, and that deck is defining the entire meta, like that's that says a lot. I think. I think that's the problem. I mean, I don't want to go to the nature of the game, man. No, I, and I understand that, but that's. That's very warping. What you want is people to be able to play their own thing, right? Yeah. yeah. I, so when you go to when you go to a competition, right? Um, you take a deck that's going to be good but not great against the widest variety of uh, the opposing the the opposition as you're going to find. You think you're going to find, um, and you know whether it's this deck or whether it's another deck, you have to do the same thing. You have to go through the same process of what am I going to see and how likely do I think that is? And maybe I can uh, maybe I can take a loss in X matchups to gain a benefit in Y matchups by including these cards in my deck. Maybe. That, that yeah. whole process is is essentially the metagame. And it, yes, yeah. to a great degree. 
but um, as far as fun goes, even competitively, like you need for people to be able to pursue their own win condition, right? Like, here's how I want my deck to yeah. function. And if you're having to really, really knuckle down on that, on like Dredgebird, as the example, then that, that takes away from everybody else's, first of all, fun, which is super important, but it makes it way harder because every other matchup, and you're never going to have 50% Dredgebird, right? So if you were to cater to that because it's going to steamroll you fairly consistently, then all the other matchups you're at a decided disadvantage. And I understand that's part of the game, but I think but it's too much. How, there, there are, how do there you are... cater to it? Yeah, well, that's the question, I guess, Kikuyo. But I think Dredgebird just has too many really good tools that individually are strong, but not busted. Um, but the four or five of them all together are shocking. Like, and one of them is Kudnisawa, the other one is Charge, the other one's Pashishu, and then obviously Forbearer's Echoes is is a super is was the the bit that hammered it down. And the fact that Forbearer's yeah. Echoes is a spell, it was it was the rug was it was for, the rug that pulled the room together. Yeah, I it think. Was, um, but it like yeah. Echoes being recurrable is if it wasn't recurrable, right? like if it was a I don't know, like say it was a reaction, for example, and you couldn't recur it properly, that would be fine. Like it wouldn't be feel anywhere near as bad. Yeah, that that sort of void package that can be brought in onto the board for free. Um, I know last time I played the bird deck was when Clinton was playing it, and he brought out Katie and Eugenia, and it was um it was horrible. There's not a lot you can do about that. It just destroys your board, and he didn't pay for any of them. And absolutely monster. Kind of it wasn't. <laughs> Um, and it was sort of like, and, and I knew you playing won. it because I was playing Lion. I said, I, I've got to win this in three turns or I've lost. Yeah. Um, and I lost oh, on turn three anyway, but. Yeah. And the bird kicks off. So I think, I mean, obviously, you know, every other podcast out there has already been well. And yeah. yeah, yeah. I, but um, I tell you I, what I will, I will tell you what I will pay. I will pay that. Um, I don't want. I don't ever want to play a game and play cards where my opponent feels like shit. Right? I don't want to play a game where my enjoyment comes at the expense of my opponent. Right? So you're never going to play Crone. Okay. That is the only, <laughs> yeah right. That is the only time uh, that's uh, that's the only thing that I object about to the, the the whole bird situation. Right? Is that if my opponent's feeling like they just don't want to play the game, it's not fun they feel oppressed then i'm not cool with that but power levels yeah. metagame i don't, I don't all think that bird stuff, deck I does that i don't think it's a negative play experience to play against it's just yeah, too, me, too me strong I don't, well, then... I don't feel bad playing against it i just I, i'm fairly confident i know i've got a massive uphill battle look at it that way if i see that deck start to kick off the other hill like okay there's there's rough times ahead it's going to get choppy and, yeah um, my odds isn't, isn't what you're describing reduced. It's it's yeah, not as frustrating as playing against a Daisho deck or a really hard control crane deck that just doesn't let you play the game. Yeah, where you just like you can't really do stuff. That's just like oh, that's kind of shit. Oh, there you go. Isn't aren't they kind of that sound like examples of uh, bad matchups for that deck? Like if the Firequackers deck kind of came into prominence, maybe you would see a surge in that style of crane play. Yeah, maybe, but I mean. I can't remember which podcast was talking about it, but like clan loyalty is a really big thing in this game too. Sure. You kind of yep. need just about every clan to be able to have tools to deal with whatever comes up. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, that's fine. I mean, and it's worth noting that as of right now, for the next three months, it's perfectly balanced because you can't do it anyway. So there's that. Do you think we've had a constructive, constructively criticizing conversation about that deck and the meta? No, it was just me being reasonable and you spreading lies. So Isn't that constructive criticism? It didn't, didn't feel constructive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I, th I, I think, think it covered the basics. The deck's too strong, but at the same time, take a deep breath and relax. It's just yeah. Deck. I do, I'm not entirely sure that uh, Clint's question actually came uh, as like a question for that deck, but that there certainly there was like a catalyst, like a some sort of convergence of issues that seemed to arise on uh, Facebook around the time at the end of Gen Con. Yeah. Definitely this was in there. Uh, were there others, like other well, topics? There, there was one post that got spoken about on other podcasts. Oh, yeah, but then one of, one of the locals here actually. Yeah, but then one of the locals here uh, came in and said, oh, you know, I don't really feel like, you know, I want to play again anymore because of all of the, the turmoil that's going on online. Well, yeah. if, if turmoil online is putting you off playing a card game with your friends, then you, I'm not sure that that's a oh, well, that's, response. That's not that's not too fair, right? Because it's a community, right? Online or not, it's a community that you're a part of. You know, it's turmoil in the community. Yes, but you I can you like... can ignore the online community if they're if they're bothering you. I feel like communities online too hard need a to different do. name because I think it's. It's unfair to communities to call online groups of people communities. I think it needs oh. to be like it needs to be like a horde or a swamp or something like that to describe an online community because they are inherently different places to everywhere else that you might use that term. And I, I, really I think good. I I think I made this point before where you when when I play L five R in person, I've never had a bad experience with another player. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, I completely. So every, yeah. Everyone that I've met in this community is a good person, um, and then online, there's a a different vibe. I suppose. <laughs> so when you engage with the masses and everything goes to hell, uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, I don't but, think I don't think that's unique to L five R. No, oh, I don't know. If you sit down in a room with magic people, you can get pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like, so anyway, I get so I guess my what I was trying to point out was I I do think that you can actually have a healthy conversation about problems. Yeah, you can, but sometimes yeah. you just got to get shit off your chest. Sure. And sometimes <laughs> that shit you got to get off is a giant flaming bird. A flaming bird on your chest. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was going through some old cards the other day, and I didn't, I didn't think Fushicho was a thing in the old game, but I found a spell that actually has like a summon Fushicho. It was a spell in the old game. There's in and you know how big he was? How big? He, he was the size of a person's palm. Like it was just this guy, and he had just summoned like this mini Fushicho. Mini Cho in his. Uh, yeah, no, nah, there was in Emperor Edition, picturing... there was definitely a firebird of some kind for Phoenix. It was a little one. It was like a three-two or something, far less significant. I'm picturing oh, a yeah. dragon yeah. from Mulan played by Eddie Murphy. I don't know. <laughs> What's that's... Right, Mushu, <laughs> the little red dragon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually bought some artwork at Gen Con as well off of um, Charles Urbach, and Fushicho is on the uh, Brilliant Rebirth Temple stronghold that he did. 
So that's going to be on my wall. That's going to be my commemoration of the Firebird deck, right? If I can never have it again, that thing is going to be on my wall and it will remind me forever of Firequackers. Look, as I said, like I don't, yeah, I don't mind that the Firebird deck is out there. Um, I just acknowledge that it's super strong and well above the curve, like by a substantial margin. I understand why people are mad about it. Yeah, I understand why people are mad about it, but um, yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on. So, Gen Con constriticism. Oh, it rolls. How well? How was Gen Con? First of all. Oh, Gen Con. Did it suck? It <sighs> was awful. No, of course not. I mean, how can how can Gen Con suck? I guess uh, it wasn't as as impressive to me as the first time that I went, probably because like a couple of different things. I I didn't go with any sort of close friends. Like the first time uh, that I went, I went with Rob, and the two of us just had this amazing time. Right, there was no cabin in the woods, but it was a really good time. <laughs> so this time, this time it was, uh, I guess, a little bit diminished in that regard but it was still huge and there was still heaps to see and i still loved catching up with everyone right and eel champion and his mum right who is adorable by the way uh put me up for a night because stupid me forgot to book oh sorry booked like the flight in the day early so he put me up on tuesday uh before the hotels and stuff opened so shout out shout out to him i don't think he listens to my podcast anymore doesn't seem to be especially reasonable that he gets to be a very good person and also an amazing that's that's a bit shit. He's taking too many things. Yeah. So the the day the day that I arrived, like massively jet lagged and all that type of thing, we played a bunch of practice games and he just batted me back and forth like a cat playing with a mouse. Uh he was I was playing Firequackers and he was playing uh I think it was his dragon deck. Yeah, it was his dragon deck. And he was just like, Oh, I'll just uh, indomitable will and I'll get more force than you because I've got lots of attachments and I'll one punch man you in the face and <laughs> it's fucking horrible. I didn't win a single uh no, I did I won a single game. That was it. That's all right. Badge of honor. Yeah. Uh but I think also maybe just a little bit of a callback, player skill means a lot in this oh, game, yeah. right? super deck or no like it's it's just knowledge game knowledge and card knowledge and mechanical knowledge that's going to get you through yeah yep i think the fact that like your average opponent's deck if they were to put three of everything in a deck like really that's what maybe 12 cards to a conflict deck for example so you can kind of that game experience and game knowledge lets you really sort of you can leverage a lot from reading or predicting what's in your opponent's deck based on their, their role, of which there are two now. It's yeah, like I can... Legend of the Two Rings now is this game. Legend of the Two Roles. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Uh, should we chat about that? Yeah. Well, actually, I I, actually, I, I want to do a couple more sort of shout out type things for yeah, Gen yeah, Con. Yeah, so the things that stand out in my mind, the things that I recall most strongly, actually, were um, the team events. So I didn't plan on going in the team event, um, but on the day I was just kind of hanging around the the hall and two guys came up and said, hey, I love the podcast. Do you want to be on our team? I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And that event was so much fun. We should do more team events at big sort of things or even at local stores. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so how did the, the team event play out? Like what did that entail? 
So the format is is basically the same as the 1v1 format, except that instead of one person, you have three three games going on at the same time. And your score per team is kind of the aggregated total. So if one team got two or more wins, they would win that round, yeah? So if one if one player won and the other two lost on a team, that team is the losing team. And the the winning team advances up the bracket. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. But, you know, you're sitting with your friends. You can talk to each other on your same team about strategy, or at least that's the way we were doing it. Oh, so um, you can coach each other through the... Yeah, you can be like, hey, you know, is this the right time to invest into this conflict? You know, and you just have a quick chat about it. You still have a time limit you have to play in, but, you know, it's a it's a thing you I can like do. That. And is there rules as far as clans? So you can all play the same clan, or does it have to be no. different? No. Or... You all have to be different clans, and one player on the team is the captain, and the you'll roll off. The teams will roll off at the start, and the captains will choose the first matchup, and then the, sorry, the captain of the team that won the roll will choose the first matchup, and then they will alternate. So the captain of the team who didn't win will choose the next matchup, and then obviously there's only one matchup left. So you can look at your opponent's team and say, all right, you've got a crane, a phoenix, and a lion and we've got a scorpion, dragon, and a crab, what's the best matchup here? And if you win the roll, you can sort of put that, you can force that good matchup, and then your opponent will choose the next best matchup and and proceed that way. Sweet. I like it. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot I of fun. Stuff like that. I think I'd love to play so many different variations, like Daimyo format and all that other stuff. I just, like, I struggle mm. to play regular games of Elphaba, like, to yeah. get even basics in. Like, probably most games i play i would probably play as many in-person competitive games as i do other in-person games over here Mm -hmm. like like the three or four i knock out in a day when we do competitive events is probably the same number that i would play in person elsewhere there's obviously jigoku um grinding you can do now and then but even that's pretty few and far between so being able to knock out have the time to push in um other formats of games, I think, is um would be super good fun. I'd be super, well, super keen. I did play that format at the Australian Kotai against Stovey, who was the top line player, where we had five turns spending all our fate buying from our dynasty. Um, fate didn't leave, and it was one fight at the end where you played yeah, your whole right. hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that was quite fun. It was chaotic because some crazy things happened. Like, it turns out Matsu's 7th Legion automatically stopped any of his courtiers participating. That's awesome. Um, and a lot of it was kind of flying by the seat of our pants trying to figure out how, how rules interactions would work, but it was good fun. I like it. Yeah. I so, like um, extra stuff. so one of the things that you just said was, like, you know, you can play online. Mark, you said, a, like, a couple of minutes ago that... You've never had a bad experience playing L5R in person. I don't. I'm, I want to set my PC up for like Jigoku development. I really want to get into that because I kind of was a little bit. Uh, uh, I kind of really want to get the cards into Jigoku as early as possible, so I want to help. But I feel like maybe some of the the badness that we find online is because of the online play, right? I wonder if the online play uh, actually is conducive to you know having fun because it's just maybe i'm naive but i i kind of think that the people behind the computer 
are probably great to play against in real life, but not necessarily when they're anonymous. Exactly. And the anonymity kind of takes something away from the whole experience of playing Alpha. You know, it's way better. It does if you play on Jigoku, but you are in an, a live voice channel with the person you're playing against, it is a way better experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I completely you're, you're agree. Because when you're across the table somebody, you're chatting at the same time, you know, and yeah. you're, you're having a conversation, yeah. a bit of a laugh. And like, if they're playing slow, you know that they're sitting there agonizing over their cards and you can enjoy that they're in pain. Whereas on the internet, right, if they're just not doing anything, you're just like, fuck this guy. He's run off to make a coffee or something without telling me. What a tool. I've, I've always <laughs> yeah. enjoyed imagining how much pain my opponent is, is in when I play on Chigoku. Yeah, I mean, I get less angry than I think most people when people just quit on me because that's like a, a victory plus. I think. <laughs> like if someone, if you can make yeah. someone rage quit on yeah, Jigoku, yeah. it's like you've super won. But yeah, when you're playing but... those horrible crane decks um, where you sort of play waiting hostilities in the first turn and then put five fate on Kaizen and ten attachments in the second turn and then they quit, that, that feels so kind of good, I have to admit. I'm so mad that Kaizen sees so much play now. <laughs> it's just so Yeah, dumb. Kaizen... Kaizen's a really weird superhero for the Crane Clan, and I have no idea why. <laughs> he's not the superhero it's, it's the they needed, but he's the one they they deserve. <laughs> the superhero they deserve. Because honestly, other than the fact that he starts a duel and they have a, str a stronghold which synergizes with that, his ability and his card, they're just kind of meh, aren't they? So you're you're thinking about it the wrong shit. way. It's, it's not about what the duel does. It's just about the duel happening. No, no, that's that's what it I said, right? The fact that yeah. he initiates one, it's got nothing to do with anything other than initiating a duel. That's it. His, his duel could absolutely just read. His duel could absolutely <laughs> just read, initiate a duel, both players automatically bid one, nothing happens, and yeah. that would still get just as much play, probably yeah, that's more right. yeah. than he does already. Yeah. No <laughs> initiate a duel. The winner of the duel, uh, sorry, to the lose, the player that lost the duel, nothing happened. <laughs> that's it. Nothing happened. No resolution. Would that even be illegal? That wouldn't even be illegal, like, card effect. Because, you know, doesn't the effect of a card have to change the game state in some way? It does, because his, his ability has now been activated, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he can't use it again. It's been triggered. Oh, I'm triggered. Know. That's what's yeah. happening. That's triggered. Well triggered. Oh, yeah, yeah, so Gen Con was good. Last, last one about Gen Con, I'm going to shout out a game from a... I can't remember the name of the publisher. I think it's called Little Wizards or something. And it's called Sorcerer. Uh, I played it at the end of the con. Somebody had bought it. And we it was we had like a five-player game. It was the kind of game where you build a deck of cards. Actually, yeah. somebody was talking about it on uh, Roller's Discord. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, you build a deck and you sort of attack to the left and the right. So you don't attack. You don't sort of get stomped on by all five players when you're about to win, you have to defend just to the players on your left and your right. Yep. And it's kind of cool. It's got good quality components and it's got really ace artwork and stuff like that. I had really good time playing it. No, I like it. I love, again, yeah, playing new games and stuff. There's always mm. lots of good out there. It feels like there's a lot more real quality games out there than there used to be. Like there's just sure a is. massive influx. You sort of drown them out these days, actually. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Go buy it. Noted. I'll order it right now. Give me five. Right. Um, yeah. And we're back. And we're back. Um, no, okay. So we three times now have tried to move on to rolls. Have we? Talk about this because I think it was, was it this morning or yesterday that the rolls were released? 
this morning for me, so I guess it would have been sort of yesterday afternoon in the States. Yeah, for them because they're behind. Yeah, them. I woke up to it this morning. Uh, people yeah. in group chat talking about it at 5.30 in the morning. I don't know why that happened. So mm -hmm. I, I guess, so the TLDR is every single clan has chosen either Earth or Air, correct? Correct. Every single yep. one. So there are only two two roles of the new array. Um, and a lot of them have now doubled up on Double Seeker or Double Keeper, correct? Mostly Double Seekers. Well, yeah, I think a lot of clans have a Double Seeker. Yeah, I think Scorp keeper, Scorpion yeah. has Double Keeper, right? Uh, I actually um, have to look it up. Oh, yeah, I think they do. We're Double Keeper. Yeah, no, no. Keeper of Air and Keeper of Earth. Yeah, which is a bit heartbreaking. I don't really understand that one because um, they're getting a good keeper province, uh, a good earth province in one of the new packs. Can't remember which one. Yeah, that, uh, sorry, who are you talking about? Scorp. Scorpion. Yeah, yeah Scorpion. The, oh the, yeah, they get the province with the built-in cancel, which is earth. yeah, yeah, which it's seems really good, Scorpion. and it's got great have art it in, too. I have it in my hand. Licensed quarter, plus two yeah. after you win a con. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's a holding Merlin learned the difference yeah. effective deception uh, when the effects of a triggered ability would initiate during a conflict of this province cancel those effects yeah that's pretty good um, but yeah so that's a thing no, but I mean I guess oh, keeper, uh, you can run that instead of upholding authority if you are one of the people that hate the fact that it goes to 5 strength it's not roll locked no, you can still just I mean, play it yeah but like if you're not running Seeker of Earth, you can only run one Earth, right? Yeah, that is a bit shit having only one really awesome Earth province on your row. Yeah, I mean, well, no, these days you could run that one. Running, you could run that and the Vassal Fields. I think Vassal Fields is valid, just not in every matchup. Look, there's nothing wrong with Vassal Fields. There's just nothing particularly good about it either. Oh uh, no! Look, well, taking one fate, like if. You... I think Vassal Fields is good. Yes. Yeah, I think like if you're playing a defensive deck, for example, so most of your Scorpion Dishonor archetypes or any deck that's trying not to go conquest, um, and admittedly there's very few of them because it's not really an encouraged archetype at the moment until very recently. Um, any deck with a repeatable, any province with a repeatable action is instantly substantially better once you're not attacking and you care more about your own stuff being broken. You know what I mean? If you're trying to defend a lot, so turn by turn, your opponent's going to be ramming into these things and you can trigger it every turn, then it starts to add up. Yeah, so with a, with effective deception, that's an interrupt to a triggered ability. So that would be able to be triggered on multiple turns, provided it yes. doesn't break, right? Yeah. Correct, Correct. yeah. yeah. Yes. Which makes it, it is very, very good. Ace, ace province. That's two really good uh, Scorpion provinces. The Secret Cache is also really good. Yeah. Should yeah. we should we uh, just go through really quick what each clan has, okay. and then we can talk? So Crab, I I, I can't. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Crab uh, have Secret of Void and Keeper of Air. Should we, Hooray. we speculate on the new ones and and okay hip and talk shit about these roles as we go? Okay. So, so as long as we don't drag I, I, I'm reading what what. Um, fantasy flight games have written mm -hmm. um what they've written for crab i 
I don't play a lot of crab, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Apparently, they wanted Keeper of Air so they could play Guardian of Virtue, which to me just looks like complete binder fodder. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't seem good. Uh, what what could you do with Keeper of Air? Oh, Nothing. Crab, no, crab. play something better and leave it in your binder. That's what you can do. Uh, with. Crab could pull off a pretty substantial dishonor deck. To be honest, they could splash backhanded and mark of shame and they already have watch commanders in house um, they get their berserker back their berserker oh yeah, I, I think i think the keeper of air deck is potentially good but guardian of virtue does not go in it at all can i can i let me throw something down for you so you're trying to break into crab right you're trying to beat them via conquest they have a guardian of virtue in play with a reprieve on it so it's not going to get assassinated key part it also has a watch commander and it doesn't bow for every single conflict you attack. Only, but you've got to keep composure. You're not going to have composure because everyone's going to be bidding one. Of course you can. There's that line card gone. Yeah, um, but you, you can. There are numbers can, between one and five. That's the trick, right? You don't have to pick one of those two. <laughs> Bollocks. Whole, My dial don't, only don't, has don't, two numbers on it. it. There's a whole array of numbers in there that you can choose from. Um, what you should do, go play against any day show deck. You'll learn all about those numbers. <laughs> you'll mm. you'll be a full bottle on them by the time you. No, but you can't like, and that's not bad, right? Having, I mean, I've played um, dragon decks recently where I include a bunch of watch commanders because I fish for them with Shunson, and um, so most games I have three watch commanders on the table, and they're really good when they're all over the place. You know, they're wait, wait. You're spending nine influence to have three watch commanders in a dragon deck. Absolutely. They're fucking amazing. It's worth it. Absolutely worth it. Because they're guaranteed. You get three of them every game. It's it's not as weird as what you normally play. I'll say that about it. Look. (laughs) Yeah, you you wish. You just you don't you don't operate on my level. That's what it is. (laughs) Alright, let's bring let's bring things back to reality a little bit. So you're right you're right on the backhanded compliment thing. Uh, and you, peop- we might be forgetting, or we should remember that Mark of Shame is air all locked, right? So they can just smack down a Mark of Shame uh, on people. Um, and I'm looking at the Imperial Advisor roll locked cards page, as we always do. Uh, and there's actually a unicorn card. Uh, when you would resolve a ring effect, choose a character with printed cost two or lower in your provinces. Uh, instead of resolving the ring effect, put the character into play. There is a little bit of synergy there uh, because Crab kind of do resolve ring effects every so often on the defense which they're really good at not saying it's good just saying there's a synergy there yeah yeah there's bits they can do i mean also like any keeper with crab is what's the berserker the three one brings itself back in yeah yeah crisis berserker crisis breaker yeah crisis breaker yeah yeah. three 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 one if you have less crisis breaker and talisman are always going to be a massive draw for for keeper runs. and and defend and defend your honor in crab. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you happen to that. know what Abitan's playing? I know he's playing keeper of air crab. No, and also, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, keepers is good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And keeper of air, I mean, air's probably garbage hmm. as far as the fate goes, but um. Air's got probably some of the best cards. There's also four bears, obviously, for the new one. Do you, do you play that? Well, actually, well, hang on, hang on. Yes, is my thinking. So you've already got mm, Gateway to Mater, right? 
So you can already bring back uh, guys from the dead. I wonder if you can sort of dump that into Overdrive. Um, for Bearer's Echoes, we'll let you bring back a guy uh, when you're not at Mado uh, in order to get that engine going. Maybe. Does, sorry, for Bearer's Echoes, if but you, they, does they, like Iron Mine and Reprieve stop them going away? Yes, but they, it would stop them leaving at the end of the conflict where they go to the bottom of the deck, right? So to so keep them around to the next turn, you'd have to use two of them, and that's getting a little yeah, silly. Yeah, that's expensive. Well, is it a little silly if you've only paid one? I think it's a little silly to not play Talisman, but if you're going there, you may as well. How is how is that card not restricted yet? I don't understand. So many other things have been hit, and that card because it defines you know what games. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a little bit a little bit venomous. Uh, because it's been around long enough for people to learn how to deal with it and not feel butt hurt every time they hit it. Same with display of power. Yeah, I, I yeah, still no, feel I pretty hurt when someone display of powers me. Do you though? Yeah, uh, especially. But the, the bad thing about display of power is you always know that it's going to happen. Then stop yeah. attacking with fucking. Powerful. Yeah, that's Hit right. With stop attacking with the optimal ring. Uh, no, just you don't. And, and, and then you get the, the situation where you're looking, going, "What's the worst ring I can choose to attack on here?" And that feels pretty bad too. Yeah. Hey, you listen, I I lost I lost uh, a game in the Australian Cote to choosing the wrong ring. Like I swear, it was one ring selection which lost me the game. Uh, and I went on tilt and I fucking dropped out of the tournament after that. Ring selection is <laughs> important, guys, right? Yeah, like, you know, if I wasn't such a stable individual, who knows what I might have done? Yeah. No, look, it's display power is good, but it is expensive as well. Like, it ultimately has to cost you two fate and an honor and a card. Like, that's not trivial. Mm, display power. No, I, I, I'm actually in your camp. I believe. I, yeah, I, I think it's a reasonable cost. I'm just like, salty about it being played against me so many times, but it's, yeah, it's not well, necessarily I mean, broken. I guess break more provinces. Like if your opponent yeah, is just exactly. not defending, break his stuff. Take the two points and then just stall until the game ends. I used to not like hitting upholding authority, but I think I think I'm fine with hitting upholding authority nowadays. Yeah, now yeah. I consider it. Depends. If I've got like some critical shit in my hand, I really sometimes it makes me cry. But yeah. But sometimes you look at your hand and you go, this is all good. Maybe he can have one of my good things. Here you go. You can look at my hand and get tilted for the rest of the There is that Enjoy. satisfying <laughs> moment of handing your, handing your cards over and just laughing because there's so many things that he needs to discard and he can't discard all of them. Do you guys mm. ever bait your opponents with your hand? Like if you have two fine katanas in your hand and one of all these really... You leave the two fine katanas in on purpose so that hopefully they pick the two shit cards... <laughs> Instead I'm sure I've ever gone. Really good one. That's yeah. that's a little bit too cerebral for me. I'm a more visceral player, I think. Oh, people love the feeling uh, of getting rid of two cards. No, they they will always, almost always, discard the restricted card. Just discarding all yeah. other reason, they'll yeah. go for the restricted card, <laughs> and you can so, you can bait them that way. Yeah. Okay, so Crane, Seeker of Void, Keeper of Air, Keeper of Air is the new one. That that is perfect choice like keeper yeah, it's, it's, is amazing you guys need to you guys game. need to tell everyone what you were talking about in the chat about keeper of our crane um pretty, pretty soon everyone's going to be complaining about it on the forums very similar to the crane to the echoes but crane that's being what's going to happen a pain in the ass tier zero is overdue 
like I don't understand how they haven't been the problem clan yet. They've just um, got. I'm a everything. member of the Crane Facebook group, and I understand because they talk some nonsense. <laughs> hey, Crane won the very first tournament ever. Oh, just wow. saying. You mean they won when no one knew what they were? Yeah, like back in like Mesopotamian <laughs> times when they were still discovering what tournaments were, the Crane won that. Also, so, they won the Kikumatsuri. I'm going to take more issue with what FFG have written underneath the clan choice. Um, <laughs> okay. Because... <laughs> Tell us FFG and all their wisdom because Air is I, I don't a very... trust anything they say since they told you that Lion's card was Scorpion Forged Edict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they lost all credibility at that point. That was a kick in the teeth. Uh, <laughs> so it says here, Air is a very potent role for the Crane clan as it cares a great deal about honouring its own characters with Soul Beyond Reproach. I'm going to say that you'd never run Soul Beyond Reproach in that deck. You don't need it. All of your people have already been honoured in triplicate yeah, like, anyway. Why? It why? It doesn't fit in the deck, right? Well, no. Look. What if you're playing against an opposing crane player who's just marking the shame out of all of your dudes? What do you do then? You've got to play a two-for-one cost against his marker shames. Yeah, the, Card, well, like card wise, recurring marker shame is super amazing. Yeah, first of all. I think that's probably um, more of the reason for the role. Yeah. Oh uh, no, there are so many reasons for crane. Like Soul Beyond Reproach, even though it's not super great with crane at the moment, just because it got so many other honor effects, that doesn't mean Soul Beyond Reproach isn't good. It means that crane are fucked, right? No, cra uh, Soul Beyond Reproach is a great <laughs> card. I mean, I run three of in my line deck. It's just yeah. not. I don't see why you'd put it in a crane deck. You just don't need it. Well, with, with the new one. So basically the tools, Keeper of Air gives Crane access to all their good tools is the short of it. So they get Soul Beyond Reproach. They can use um, Defend Your Honor to synergize with a cancel with their dueling deck and the dueling box. They get the recurring um, Shameful Display not shameful display, that would be awful. Um, the recurring mark of shame with their tea house holding, which is super oppressive, I think, I'm going to guess, eventually. Yeah, um, I think that's the secret sauce right there. I can see crane players sprinkling but... dishonored tokens across the board like Salt Bay, you know? Yeah, yeah, just chucking them everywhere. But it also means they can do that with backhanded compliment as well. And crane have also, there's a little bit of um mill deck potential in crane they've got a lot of everybody draws a card um which i think could happen eventually that long game dishonor you can do that's only scorpion are really capable of at the moment that's not really it's not a real deck yet but it could be um but certainly backhand and compliment is the key card that enables dishonor decks if you want that as an option and can crane do a dishonor deck they really now because they got keeper of air and they can use Mark of Shame, and they can use um, Backhand of Compliment, and they've got uh, Asami, I think is the one that steals Asami. Yeah, Kikita, Kikita yeah. Asami. Yeah, so she I feel like Mana. Crane need to be bidding five most of the time. Yeah, if only uh, Tester skill wasn't secret alone. Dude, Crane have got so much in-house card draw. Like, well, so much. Do they? Like, oh, Tested Skill's the only one I can think of offhand. Yeah, and you don't nah, No, you no, don't no. So they've got... That. It's not all raw card draw, right? First of all, they've got that courtier where both players draw a card. They've got um, Pillow Book where you just look at the top card and you play that. They've got the Artisan Academy, flip the top card and play that. They've got um, 
winter court host where every time your opponent plays a card you draw a card um, these these are <laughs> all, all cards that are only ever played by butters that's what? Fuck off. no 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 amazing at least ha at least half of those have merit okay at least half of those have merit what what, what you cards. just said though what you just said though was winter court hosts does winter That's court the best card energize at, at all with forbearers echoes forbearers echoes yeah uh, could do. No, because Forebearers no. Echo is military only. Sorry? Wintercourt Host doesn't get that. Where's, where's Wintercourt Host? Wintercourt it's host what, 2-6 or something? It's a 3-7, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And 3 personal honor. 3 glory, rather. Personal honor from the old game. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 3-7. Uh, correct me. All right, so I foolishly went... Oh, yeah, it's 2-7. Oh, yes, uh, no attachments. After your opponent plays a card during a conflict in which this character is participating, and if you are more honourable than that opponent, draw a card. Unlimited is the key part there, Merlin. That's important. Yeah, yes. I can't see a situation where you'd be using Echoes to get that into a military conflict. It's uh, got three glory, so you could Echoes and then Soul Beyond Reproach. Bam! Well, that's, any, that's three five. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just... Way of the crane or any single one of the crane ways to operate. You don't even need to it. There's just billions. Um, and it works. It works fine. I, I don't see why that's an issue. I think All right, so Dragon. Card. It is strong. I mean, and that's 10 political. I mean, you don't need it. So are we calling crane playing an Echoes deck now? Is, it, is, this, is this what we're saying? <laughs> no. Mate, no, I don't, I'm good. I, don't, I don't see that happening. I wonder what is no, it, what the line got. Line has Seeker of Air. They're already playing. They're already playing Echoes. They're fine. So Dragon, Keeper of Water and Seeker of Air. Seeker of Air is the new one. I think Seeker of Air is a great role, regardless of cards. Yeah. But so it gives you a bit of an economy dragon. boost. Yeah. Well, Seeker of Air has just got really easy province, right? Like it's a really easy choices they're not bus game breaking but manicured garden and fertile field is just a nice little duo for your row did um, you guys see did you guys see the meme uh that went i think it was on the l5r facebook group when somebody posted the link to the new article in the title of the article they had a picture of uh, Solidarity Strength, which is the crane air all only card, and in the yep. background they had taken they had taken the background out of like the windows, and they super or they put in the image for fight on because <laughs> that's the card they lost access to. Yeah, and um, Solitary Strength is not because that's a winner conflict as a lone attacker and gain one honor, right? Yeah, but it's also, I think, plus one, plus two for one, which is not awful. Yeah. It's yeah. also an attachment. It's okay, which but you're not going to pick a role for it. No. No, but when you... It, like, Dragon have the makings of a bit of an honor deck. When you... You can put that in to gain one every turn. You run a day show, so you get all the dueling honor stuff going on. Um, and Dragon have actually got a non-trivial amount of... Um, honorary cards in a, amongst their, their tools um, that they could use as well. Like, um, what do you call it? The four Costa Shugenja? Yeah, the fire. Alchemist. Uh, yep. The one juggling fire on the card. Yeah, and they've got a bunch of little monks that just randomly gain honor or honor themselves. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting cards here that um, Dragon have not yet 
played. So Soul Beyond Reproach, Forbearance is Echoes, and Consumed by Five Fires just kind of jump out at me. Yeah. Um, and Mark of Shame, I guess. For SBR yeah. In Dragon, I think that's not terrible. They've got some high yeah. glory guys. Yeah. That's I think true. Rolls... Soul Beyond Reproach. Test of skill. Oh, I guess they run a lot of attachments. Yeah, they can normally grab stuff out without needing test of skill. Yeah, dragon well, actually, test of skill, skill, hang on. Test of skill, you name a card type. So you could try and draw out, depending on what you need, attachments or events. Uh, with test of skill, do you discard the ones you don't draw or do they get shuffled mm, back? I don't know. can't remember. Uh, discard the rest. Discard. Don't, mm. don't care enough to look it up. So there's that. Um, oh, come on. This is, this is perfect. You could totally play this deck. You know, you know what really synergize it? Do you want to guess what card? That would be great. That helps you tutor the top of your deck so that you know what you're Oh, God. Do. Yeah, Compass. Best card in the game. It's the fucking... Well, you should, have mentioned, you should have mentioned that when we were talking about Crane. What? No, like, Crane, Crane with Pillow Book. Uh, I think somebody mentioned in the chat. That sounds Arthur like a great It's the fucking... Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Pick three cards. Pick the one you want. And then blow up your storehouse or use your Pillow Book. So I never run. I never ran Compass out of Crane. Eventually, I tested. It, sorry, out of Phoenix. I tested it out for a bit, but there's not enough sort of on-click card draw. So any clan that's got like a a dude that just says click this card and you get a card, Compass is really good in. Yeah, no, it is, and it it yeah, it works really well. Particularly, I've ran a version of Crane that is I copped a bit of heat for over here, admittedly from some players, <coughs> Mark. Um, but it's mostly really, really cheap stuff in your conflict and you use your pillow book and your artisan academy to pick stuff and attach it all day. Um, but I also use compass a lot on the conflict side because I had a mm. lot of holdings. I had like 16 holdings in there, but compass just helped me sort of tick over every turn and make sure mm. I was getting at least one person I wanted. It made a really big difference. It's, it's... So my experience against that deck was not when you, I played it against you, but when you gave the deck to... Andrew Eaton to play against me and I wasn't so annoyed at it as as Andrew was I'm pretty sure he wanted to throw your deck across the room he while played, he was trying to pilot it he was playing the beta and it has been refined since then and that was made 10 minutes prior to a competitive event because no one was playing crane and I wanted to make seven clans so I put it together real quick so can I tell you guys about a game I played just last night? Yes. I got a I got a Scorpion deck off one of the other players here, uh, and I wasn't really sure what the, the deck did exactly, and it wasn't until like turn four that I kind of figured it out. But um, one of the things that I was doing, it was a Scorpion deck, is I would play the Actress, and I'm playing against a Dragon opponent who was running that guy who you put the ring back into the middle, and then you can go through your deck to get a... An attachment and then attach it to somebody. I guess a Shunson. That's it. So I would attack. I would attack with the uh, actress, and then she would win the conflict and get the ring. And then my opponent would attack in, and then I would uh, sacrifice the actress to go and get Shunson to put him into the conflict to put my ring back to go and get an attachment, which just so happened to be what's the. Crane one that's one and plus two political where you get to discard two cards from your opponent's hand if you win the conflict. Uh, letter from the daimyo. Crane that one. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then uh, you would do that. And you would also, I would also have on the table, I also just happen to have on the table that uh, character that said, if your opponent has to discard cards from their hand, you get to draw a card. It is the Scorpion character. Uh, uh, yes, that is the new one. That's a three military, two political. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hayobu. Shasura Hayobu. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I had accidentally stumbled onto like this weird alternate reality where this combo could come off, but it would never come off anywhere else. Yeah, but that's that's the sort of stuff that Shasura Actress enables. Like I was playing Scorpion once around Shasura Actress, and I used Way of the Crab on my opponent because she stole one of their crabs, and then <laughs> my, oh, you could like my yeah, plagiarist plagiarist copied Way of the Crab. <laughs> that was sick. That is so sick. Yeah, Illustrious yeah, Praise. Uh, <laughs> that card does some horrible things. Yeah. No, it, does. it could plagiarize Forbearer's Echoes. <gasps> All right, anyway. Yeah. Lion Clan? So this is the only time that um, Fantasy Flight Games have gotten the right up right. They've mentioned two cards. <laughs> Forbearer's Echoes <laughs> and Earth Becomes Sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those two cards are responsible for this entire array of roles, to be honest, for the most part. Or at least Look, I'm, I'm not going to complain about anything that gives us good content. So, hooray yeah. to those cards. Can I... Uh, on the, go uh, on. No, we'll talk about Scorpion when we get... Okay. All right, so um, Seeker of Air. So one of the things that I actually thought I was going to see a lot of going into Gen Con was... Keeper of Earth, which was the prior role, I think. I thought I was going to see HMT, Keeper of Earth, EBS nonsense at Gen Con, and I didn't. Most of the Lion that I saw running Seeker of Air out of Yojin no Shiro, running things to try and keep their military political balance right, uh, which I thought was a bit weird. I, look, as a, as a Lion player who plays that particular deck, I think that's the correct approach. Mm. Um, Clearly, I mean, although I'm not the top lion player in Perth, let alone Australia, um, and the <laughs> other top players do seem to play the Earth deck with the Phoenix Splash. I think, yeah, I look, I think the air role is the safer role. I think it's easier to put together and it's less high roll. Mm. The high roll I... is how lion. Yeah, see, I, I dislike the high roll style of play. Um, and I like the balance you get from Seeker of Air, and I really like Soul Beyond Reproach. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's um, very few better feelings than baiting a Dishonor on a High Glory guy and then just playing Soul Beyond Reproach, <laughs> and that's a huge swing. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Uh, when I when I got back to Hong Kong, uh, they were running an Elemental Championship, and at that event, uh, I actually ran... Uh, HMT? No, Yojin no Shiro. I think I ran Yojin no Shiro, Seeker of uh, Keeper of Earth, to run Earth Become Sky, and this was my first time ever playing Earth Become Sky. Uh, it felt good. It felt really good. In line, in well, in line in particular, I don't know. It's my first time playing it, but it was it was nice. I can't wait to try Earth Become Sky at a line. Oh, it seems like a card that's going to be good in anything, right? Hmm. I think hard. Seeker of Earth, right, lets you play. Um, cause, oh, is Art of War Earth or Water? Of War That's a Water Province. Ah, bummer. Never mind then. 
So you, ha you probably have to go public forum and vassal fields unless you want to go a five strength upholding authority, which I don't. Isn't, no, what's um, mm. the new line one that dishonors people when you guard cards? That's a fire that, province. Oh, is that fire? Is that, sorry, I thought that, was mm. that province is awesome. It is. That is an awesome, good. awesome, like, some other clans would pay top dollar for that province. Can you imagine the rage if you had that in Scorpion alongside, like, straight? Yeah, that yeah, that would be unpleasant. <laughs> that yeah. would not be nice at all. But um, yeah, no, it's it's very very good. No question. I think Anything else you want also, to say? About also Michael? worth mentioning the the top line player at the Australian Cote was running Keeper of Earth, but wasn't running Earth Becomes Sky, and was adamant that there was no synergy and that you could do better. Yeah, that's right. I I do remember him saying that, but. I'm not sure that I would agree just yet. I had a lot of fun running Earth Become Sky. Um, it could be because it was because it's new. It could be because of the meta that I'm playing in or was playing in. But uh, like people not being able to stand um, the crab characters and they have to use uh, things like uh, what was it? Fight on in order to get their characters back into conflicts is yeah. awesome. <laughs> I think. Yeah speculating, but a part of Earth Become a Sky not being in his deck might have been because of the, the Echo's deck. Because it's not that good against the Echo's deck, is it? it doesn't stop no, it. definitely not. No. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that that deck doesn't care about. It doesn't care about attachments, because the guys just go away and you bring them back without attachments. So if they put any negative attachments and stuff, doesn't care about Dishonor, same reason. Doesn't care about um, what we were just talking about, Bowed yeah, bow effects and things like that. Same reasons. Yeah. But it's very strong. Yeah. So Phoenix, Seeker of Earth. Yeah, that's all huh. That's 100% Earth Becomes Sky. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But here's the thing, right? So I voted... I wish it was Keeper, personally. I took, To Gen Con, I took a Keeper of Earth um, Phoenix deck for the unlocked roles events, which I didn't end up playing. I, I sort of went and did other things that day, but I think Keeper of Earth would have been really nice here. But um, what, why? Uh keepers. What? Keepers yeah. are really good. Initiates, yeah, I guess. You've yeah. also got two seeker roles, which just feels bad, right? Yeah. And I think if you're running so you could do if you're doing so the way I did it was I would run the keeper initiates and then I ran the dragon package with the let goes and things like that but i also was able to fit in hurricane punches which i could use on my keeper initiates and my shrine maidens and things like that so i felt like that like it just kind of amped up the uh the card drawer and the pumping and things like that so the explanation i saw for seeker was so that you could still run consumed by five fires because that's a seeker only card isn't it yeah, yeah. and I think that's I think that's valid, right? I think the Seeker of Earth deck that's actually going to manifest here is basically the Seeker of Void deck. The only difference is you're going to have a marginally worse province row, and you're going to have access to Earth Become Sky. And I think the restricted card is still going to be Embrace the Void, at least yeah. in the early days. I mean, what are they even? The province row doesn't matter with Phoenix, though, does it? Because they just let all their provinces break until I get to Kurimori. Yeah, but I mean, if you're Earth Roll, Seeker of Earth, one of the reasons why you want them to break is, uh, well, you def that's definitely a tactic against Lion, so you might you might be feeling that. 
it's not necessarily a tactic against uh, Crane or other clans. Dragon, maybe. The, um, what is it? Upholding Authority becomes five. And one of the really good things about Upholding Authority is when it gets broken. Arguably, it's only a good thing. Yeah, and that's a really yeah. common sentiment. I I don't agree, personally. It's just my play style. I like it when my opponent doesn't get break my... <clears throat> Maybe it's just... Well, you can also get um, Kanjo District onto Upholding Authority, and that's obnoxious and horrible, and it's going to make your obnoxious? opponent feel really bad. Well, I, mm. that's in the aforementioned game where I copped a bit of abuse. I <laughs> Maya Satoshi onto Kanjo District onto Upholding Authority, and he was not too happy. And I can understand why. It definitely makes the province one where you don't necessarily have to defend all the time. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to defend. Because if it does break, like your opponent has to make an investment to break it, and then you could play like a display of power uh, or something like that to kind of kind of twist the the victory a little bit yeah no, that makes but, a big difference i wonder if you did a display of power on a ring of earth against a province where you had just broken where they had just broken upholding authority that so could be kind a, of interesting you kind of a reason the hand chance. out you're yeah. gonna discard three cards that's we well, yeah that's right i mean but not only that, you discard one card that is supremely good, uh, and then you've kind of got a better chance of hitting another card, which is good because the number of cards in the hand has been reduced, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's not wrong. Display of power and upholding authority has never felt good. Hmm. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm. I think I'm going to run up. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to. I'm, tomorrow, I'm gonna. I've got like this extendable table at my at my apartment. I'm gonna extend it out to its full, you know, six seater size, and I'm gonna lay out all my cards. And we're gonna go through some serious deck building tomorrow. Yeah, I am. All all hate aside, I'm super psyched and amped about new roles. Every time it happens, I'm really keen. Yeah, yeah. Every time, I feel very reinvigorated about the game. Yeah, like I'm, exactly. I'm considering courtier decks, and I'm considering, you know. Different splashes, non-dragon splashes for competitive play, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. me too. I'm none of it, none play. of it is actually going to come to fruition, mm. but I'm going to do it anyway. You <laughs> play it anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's the way, though. Like now and then, you'll land on a gem, and you. Oh look, carry, carry I made it. two decks on Bushi Builder at work today. That's you know, mm. that's what you do, right? <laughs> Shaping young minds hard at work. <laughs> did you have Did you have the class actually participate in that exercise? That would be, that's meta. That's meta right there. Crowdsourcing the next great deck. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, consider it. All right. So Scorpion, uh, Keeper of Air and Keeper of Earth. Yeah. So Keeper of Earth is a new one. I'm a little bit disappointed because we've already had Keeper of Earth right now. But at the same time, it's a good choice. It's, like, it's pretty good. I hate having two Keepers, not having Seeker of S that that was always going to happen. Um, I would have preferred Seeker of Earth, personally. Yes, I agree. Like, Seeker of Earth, because, well, we've already mentioned the, the new Earth Scorpion province popping up mm. soon, which is super yep. good. Um, but also Scorpion have got uh, Discourage Pursuit, which is really good with KB and Shinobi. 
Mm-hmm. There's probably enough Shinobi to reliably run that now because it's a very, very strong card. Um, but Earth Becomes Sky is the reason that was chosen, the Earth roll at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm personally really keen for a deck that I'm going to try out, which is like three Earth Becomes Sky, three Kiriko, three False Loyalties. Oh my God. <laughs> and just bows for days, right? That's, yeah. That's what I want to see happen. See how I can see how, how little fun. And then you have stuff like. Um, You've you know, got a fair bit of kill in that deck as well, don't you, with Discouraged Pursuit? Uh, is that a kill card? No, it is when comboed not. with others, though. Uh, yeah, you, you oh, combo yeah. it with. Um, well, to a degree, you can combo it with Bayushi. Uh, um, Aramoro. Yeah. Yeah, Aramoro. But he has to dishonor himself, so you've got to dishonor someone else. Well, that just means he can unbow and go back in again, though. It's fine. It is, but he's make your it's got make your restricted card the uh, rumor monger. I <laughs> have been playing again with him actually lately, and he's it's good, right? He is very good. Yeah. Like I miss Forged Edict, but so the deck I've been dabbling with the Scorpion is the aforementioned cards, so the Earth becomes Sky and stuff. But I tried instead of a deck where it's all about dishonoring myself and my opponent. I instead played around with some dishonor effects, but quite a lot of honor effects as well, if I had them. So mm-hmm. it's basically just controlling across the table who gets honored and dishonored. So there's the young rumor monger, um, also Dairu, and also the shame, shameless gossip, right? And all those cards just manipulate those effects all over the table. And it ends up really, really potent. Um, like, cause I just, I'm running a bunch of high glory guys, Scorpion that you don't normally see. Um, and they're all plus two plus two cause they're all honored all the time. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, being able to honor everybody. And it's so weird, but the problem I have with that deck though, is that, um, neither of my strongholds are any good. All my goods are honored. So Kane B, she is no good. And I'm almost always on higher honor than my opponent. So <laughs> city of almost, almost always. I feel like uh, I feel like City of the Open Hand is a very um, it's a very good stronghold. I feel very comfortable there, right? Because you can always click it for one honor if if things are getting a bit weird. Yeah, they're getting a bit tight. Yeah, it's a good it, worst case scenario. It's a safety net. Like mm. if you just get too low, it just keeps you in the game, um, which is super handy, particularly a scorpion because you're always at high risk of. But um, but yeah, look, Scorpion get some neat tools, I think, out of Keeper of Earth. Um, I just would like something different, is all. Mm, I think that I think the Keeper of Earth deck is going to be one to watch out for. Very controlly. It was good before, mm. and it'll be good again. Uh, I, I think, think it sounds like a fun way deck, I'm gonna, more importantly. The way I'm going to control. Go on. I just think it'd be a fun deck to play. Keeper of Earth. So yeah, yeah. more going on. No, for sure. I think um yeah, a Phoenix Shinobi where you run three Earth becomes Sky, you run maybe three display of power. Um yeah. let, so, let your stuff break. Um I guess for the listeners, uh remember one of the ways every clan is gonna eventually get a disguised character. One of the things that um can kind of combat all of this bowedness is potentially a disguised character. So you can overlay your non-uniques and ready them. Actually, every clan already has a disguised 
character because they all get Shosuke Literally. Miyako. <laughs> oh, touche. Everyone except Scorpion. Touche. Um, on a Scorpion character. Unlike so many Scorpion cards. Scorpion are ult the ultimate loyalists, right? Even when they're in a pitched battle against themselves, they won't play cards on each other. Well, but disguise is a good thing. But you can't use it against Scorpions, and you can only bring it into play from disguised, right? So you have to play weird neutral shit just to fucking make they're, it work. They're trying to push Scorpion towards that Imperial deck, which seems... Uh, I'm struggling to see how that's going to work, but... I don't know. Someone will prove me wrong, I'm sure. I think it's going to work because all the Imperial Scorpion cards they're printing are fucking busted. Like, they're really strong. Really strong. Just... Uh, Miyako. That's uh, a, a super cool card as well. Just, like, the art and the theme. Really yeah. love that card. It's, um, the, the second Wait, what? Miyako is what we're after. The conflict one? Yeah, that's the new one. All right. Can only be played by the disguise. Keyword, non-Scorpion character. Yep. I have to play this character. Choose a non-unique character and opponent controls just another character. I wonder if you can play Disguised on your opponent's characters. You, know, no. you definitely can't, right? No. Yeah, that would be that would be silly. That would, I don't know what I was thinking. What's your influence cost of two? It is... Two. Yeah, yeah, okay. So perfectly splashable. And it's good. She's a three for three, two. One on her, I think. And, um... Yeah, now being able to play her just to straighten, get an extra straighten out of a lot of decks is going to be super strong. What's her keywords? Shinobi and Bushi. 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 Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, no, she is. She's a she's a good. She's good. Just be great if the Shinobi decks could run her. That's all. All right, let's wrap it up with Unicorn. So they are Keeper of Water and Keeper of Earth. And to be honest with you, I think this is actually a really hard choice for this clan as to what deck they they want to play because I think both of them are really good. Oh, Fight on is so good for you. Fight on is great. Mm, like, yep. is it just Earth becomes Sky? Is that all they're getting out of? No, there's a new no, card, right? It is not. What are yep. they getting? What's what's relevant? Go on, go on, Mark. Uh, I can't remember the name of it or what it does. <laughs> so, all right, so it's unfulfilled duty. It's uh, Earth roll only, obviously. Two cost. Action. Choose any number of characters with no fate that have a total oh, printed yeah. cost of six or lower vis-a-vis -vis everyone you brought back with uh, cav reserves. Yeah. Ready each of those characters. Yeah. That's yeah, good. That's, that's, that's very good. good. That is... Uh, it's going to feel so bad when someone cav reserves you. When... Yeah. And then yeah. drops that on top as well. Like One of the things that I uh, didn't mention earlier when we were talking about the Fushicho deck, right, is that it doesn't it doesn't have an overabundance of money it might look like that right it might look like it has seven or eight fate at the start of the turn but it burns through that a lot i think unicorn do the same thing like you when unicorn are poised to use their cab reserves or this card or some of their really high powered effects um they just bank they just bank money yeah i mean to do that properly you've got to be sitting on what, five or six fate going into a turn Yep, yep. There's yeah. a unicorn character that I saw yesterday, which I didn't even know existed until yesterday, which lets you swap the the ring that's being attacked. I think yeah, it is. that's a disguised person. Super good. Yeah, that's right. And what, is it, what does it say about who gets the fate of that ring? 
No, you do. So, no, the attacker. The attacker, so, right? So you attack on one ring with fates, yeah. and then you do this guy, and then they collect all the fate off that other ring. Yeah, no, that... That's sh- sick. I think it's Shinjo Kaiora or Shiatomi, one of those. But anyway, it's a super, super potent card. Like, it's a cavalry bushi, so it fits all the other stuff. It's a straighten for a four-coster, so if you're running, like, Minamikaze regulars, it drops for free and straightens and goes again. Yeah, um, there. But here it is. Yeah, you're right, Kaiora. Yeah, and uh, it, the attacking play gains the fate on the ring. Yeah, but it also means you can, like, attack on, I don't know, crappy earth ring. Or not crappy earth, crappy air early game, for example, when it doesn't matter yep. so much. And then just, because it's get, like, air always gets fate on it early game, right? Like, yeah. Every time. And then you just swap it to, I don't know, fire or water or whatever, void or mm. whatever ring you want, and just take the fate off it. I completely um, agree. That card is mental. From memory, the way I read it, though, you can also swap it on the defensive. So the attacking player, is it when you're attacking? I was no, sure just participating. You can, you can do it so in conflict. Yeah. Like, oh, no, my opponent's going to strip the fate off my guy. I don't know. Who's someone that matters? Not Elton Sani, stupid clan champion. It's got to be someone good. What's his name? Moto Chagatai. Let's say Chagatai's got a fate and they're attacking with Void. You no, no, he's unique. You can't disguise unique characters. No, yeah. no, I mean, there, once you're you going? play. If you've got a Void on Chagatai, uh, a fate on Chagatai, right? Mm-hmm. Your opponent's attacking Void and they're going to claim the ring. You defend oh, yeah, yeah. switch it, it down yeah, yeah. and just shut them down. Like it's, it's just really strong. And for only a four cost, that's a really good ability. Yeah, I think his stat line is really good. Four for four, yeah. two with one glory. Yeah. Ushi Cavalry. Yeah. Uh, and most of the time, he's going to be what your third act, your third conflict from HMT, right? So you straighten someone and swing back in with a four strength military. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely could. Probably it's Super going to cost you one or two fate. Or none. So, sounds like, yeah, so I reckon Keeper of Water or Keeper of Earth for Unicorn is going to be good. The thing about Earth becomes Sky and Unicorn is you have to splash Phoenix for it. And I don't know that Phoenix offer that much extra for Unicorn other than, like, display a power. Just display. Yeah, but that on its own is pretty good, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I, I think that as I play this game more, I tend to look for things that synergize. Um, so I'm not really sure how it fits into the unicorn game plan. Um, if it, so who was who do we have on last time? Uh, I was talking about like propelling themselves off of the opponent's breaks. It was Jack the lion? Jack, right? So yeah, I think that's a game plan where uh, display of power can do that for you. If Unicorn can find a way to do that, then I'm kind of all for it. But, you know, I'm not sure what well, else look, Phoenix I are think, offering. Man, if Lion can do it, Unicorn can do it. Can they? What, like, what a unicorn, like unicorn provinces aren't, that, aren't as good. They are for that game plan. Like, no, no, no. Lion, Lion provinces are way better for that game plan. They've got... Can't, can't or do is definitely uh, a province that exists. Can't or do is fucking... Yeah, but you don't... Amazing. But that, that happens when you hit it. When it breaks, um, it's too late. It's better than an on break. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me want it. Yeah, me want it to activate once, though, right? I mean, it is. My point is that you don't need it to break, right? Like, you could you could defend it and not play a display of power, and it would have a a, a not equally as good effect, but it'll still have a very very good effect. Yeah, and your upper province. I mean, out of unicorn though, you can also throw them into that. 
yeah. with your talismans. Like, and also you can flip it yeah. back down with all yeah. the unicorn effects. So Khan's order is going to keep going. No, I'm not. Yeah, sure. yeah. I feel well, like all of those things in your conflict is unicorn <laughs> just stops you winning in two turns, and that's kind of the goal, right? So you may as well just so... and move on. No, I, no, I think like unicorn are really. Yeah, well, I don't think display of power is necessarily as good in Unicorn as it is in line. So, well, I, I mean, think... last last time I played Butters, who was playing Unicorn at the time, I think the game went for ten or eleven turns. It's because people um, stop defending too much, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't defend because <laughs> I just keep talismaning people into my public forum and then flipping yeah, yeah, yeah. face down. And meanwhile, does it I lose can... its on a counter? Yeah. Damn. So then flip it, and then they attack again. You flip it back up and keep going. So it took it took me a solid what five or six turns to break properly break a province. And oh, but, God damn. Mean, but when they say I, it took a long time, like I have broken all four of Mark's provinces at this point, and that's the routine. I but just kept hitting the stronghold to no effect. Everything, and the, just, I just keep bouncing. What the hell the was on the stronghold? Uh, rebels. I don't remember. Rebels, you should have been yeah, able to I, deal with rebels. What's going on, man? I think it's, no, it's <laughs> no, not, see, because he hard bought, he hard bought uh, the regulars and Chagatai. You never, you never hard cast regulars. Oh, well, next time I'll just make sure I draw charge. Eh? I'll just. I'll yes, just that is it. the correct play. Yep, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Nah, I think smart what, what people was, draw charge. Yeah, now, nah, what was happening is I basically because the only thing I could attack at this point was the stronghold. And so, and I need for all my shit to trigger, I need to get a win on military to let Shiatomi encampment work and everything. So that was the hmm. momentum stalled at that point. Shit all right. Is. Well, uh, should we call it there? Since we're going to do a double episode, we'll be back in front of Mike's tomorrow. Um, so plenty more to talk about then, I suppose. Yeah, I'm super keen to keep them. Um, Keep chatting and enjoy these chats. All right, mine's cranking. Yeah, right. So I will. Um, I'll pack it, ship it, and get it up there tonight. And uh, we'll do another one tomorrow. So if you listen to this tomorrow, you'll have another one to look forward to the next day, wherever you happen to be. That's right. Also, hashtag free the rolls. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, actually, I would be totally on board with that. Give me back firecrackers. Give yep. give it to me. Just give it to me. I would, you know what? I will. I will be happy to see the d- dirty bird come back if we get to free rolls. I'd be on board. I, yeah, that's a trade. Trade. Yeah, it's it's a, I can. I can live with that trade too. You can live with that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mark, for uh, for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, we will Good. talk soon. Thanks, guys. See you. Okay. Bye. Bye.